You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Usually when we begin a new tractate of the um, of the Mishnah, we begin with a few pasukim, a few verses from Tanakh that motivate, that underpin the tractate. And one of the fascinating things about Rosh Hashanah, about New Year, is that although this is so important in our kind of our religious calendar today, it's not mentioned in the, or it is nearly not mentioned in Tanakh. And to the extent that it is mentioned, it's it's not what we think it is. So we have a verse in um, in Shemot. Um, God speaks to Moshe and Haron. This is in the land of Egypt. This is before leaving Egypt. This month is going to be the beginning of the month. So this month effectively is Rosh Hashanah. It's Rosh Chodashim. It's the first month of the year. It shall be the first month of the year to you. That's the first indication we have in Torah that there's a month which is at the head, Rosh Chodesh, which is Rishon Hulachem L'Chodshei Hashana, Rosh Chodashim, the first of the months. But that month, that month is Nisan. That month is in the spring. You go out in the springtime. And when we read about this festival that we now describe as Rosh Hashanah, it's actually in the seventh month. Look, in Bamidbar, this is in, from Pinchas. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, that's first of Tishri, you'll have a holy convocation. We don't do any work. Yom This day is a day of blowing. So there is a day of blowing. But it's in the seventh month. It's not in the first month. The day of blowing is in the seventh month, not in the first month. What else do we find? Well, there is a reference to something that feels a little bit like Rosh Hashanah, actually in Nehemiah. Ezra comes back from Babylon to Jerusalem. He finds the whole people in in uh, the a whole of the the Jewish. He finds the Jewish community in the land of Israel in disarray, and he needs to do something about it. And one of the things he does is to read from the Torah. And in chapter eight of Nehemiah, we hear that Ezra assembles all of the people, or the entire people assemble. And uh, in but before the Watergate, we've heard about the Watergate in the context of Yoma. And they ask Ezra, the scribe, to bring the scroll of the Torah of Moshe. And then in Nehemiah we read, it's on the first day of the seventh month 
that Ezra the priest brings the Torah before the congregation for men and for women. It's very interesting. It's a description of this is the first example of public Torah reading that we have in Tanakh. It's the core of our public Torah reading today. It's for everybody. It's for men and for women. Ezra uses the most modern possible technology. He uses a safer scroll rather than the clay tablets, which people have been using until then. So he uses the most modern technology. He assembles everybody. He reads in the town square. And this is on the first day of the seventh month. In other words, in, in, on the day that we now think of as Rosh Hashanah. So these are the references to Rosh Hashanah in Tanakh. And they don't use the word Rosh Hashanah. But when we get into the Mishnah, we find the word Rosh Hashanah. And the Mishnah begins, again, not as we expected. It, it, you know, we're expecting to hear about you know, New Year on the, the first day of the seventh month. The Mishnah begins, Arba'a Rashi Shanim Hem. Actually, there are four new years. And the Mishnah is now going to give us a list of the four new years. And remember, of course, that the 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 um, the the month counting starts in Nisan, and that's where the Mishnah begins. The first of Nisan, that's the first new year. That's for kings and for festivals. So if you look through the Book of Kings, you'll see that. I mean, the Book of Kings is really a chronology of the history of Israel from um, from Shlomo right through to the destruction of the, the destruction by the Babylonians, and it carries a chronology of each king, and it 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 says always. You know, in the first year of his reign, in the second year of his reign, in the third year of his reign, and so on. Well, where do we count? When we count the first, the second, the third years of a king's reign, well, what do we count them from? They did not actually count them from the day that the king was crowned. They were not counted from coronation day. They were either counted from Nisan or from Tishri. And there are biblical scholars, by the way, who believe that at different points in the history of Judah and Israel, people used both Tishri and Nisan as the starting point. But according to our Mishnah, Nisan is the new year for kings, i.e. kings should start counting in Nisan. And the same for festivals if you make a vow to bring an offering during one of the festivals then that will be one of the one of the cycle of festival years starting in Nisan i.e starting with Pesach so Pesach is the first festival that's the first new year the first of Elul is the new year for Maser for tithing cattle Again, we need, it's like the tax year. We need some kind of cutoff to determine what our offerings are going to be for Maser. First of all, all for cattle, I guess because the cattle are born in the spring. So by the time we get to the first of Elul, everything has calmed down. And Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Shimon push this a month later to the first of Tishri. Bechad b'tishri Rosh Hashanah la'shanim 
ולשמיטין וליובלות, לנטייה ולירקות. So the first of Tishri is the new year for, for years. So that's, now that's counted, if you want to count a whole year, for example, we're going to count Shemitah years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or we're going to count Jubilee years. Seven counts of seven. From those are counted from the first of Tishri. And then for planting, Lanatiya, this is for calculation of Orla. The, a, a, when we plant a tree, we don't take fruit from it for the first four years. So this is counted from Tishri. And for vegetables, this is for, for offerings from for truma from, from, from vegetables. And then, so we've gone through from Nisan to Tishri. Everything's quiet over the winter. And then on the first of Shavat, Rosh Hashanah, the new year for trees. This again means for tree produce, for tithing produce, which is either budded, sprouted before or after the first of Shvat. Kitivrei Beit Shammai, that's according to Beit Shammai. Beit Hillel Omrim Bachamisha Asarbo. And Beit Hillel say on the 15th, the 15th of Shabbat, which is the new year for the trees that we celebrate now. So there are four new years. And none of these new years, by the way, correspond to the new years that we think about. These are all tax years, effectively, or they're years for counting for kings or for jubilees. These are all administrative years. These are the first four years. But in parallel to these four years, there are four periods when the world is judged. That's how the Mishnah continues. So just as there are four different places when the new year new years begin for tax purposes, there are four times in the year when the world is judged. Befesach alatvoa on Pesach for produce. That means for field produce, for grain, effectively. The world's judged for grain at Pesach. And that's why we bring the Omer offering on the altar, because the world's being judged for grain. Ba'atzeret al perot ha'ilan on Shavuot for the fruits of the tree. This is the time when the, the trees are sprouting. Barosh hashana. This is the first time when Rosh Hashana is mentioned in the Mishnah. Barosh Hashana called by E Olam Ovrin Lefanav Kivne Maron. Shinemar Hayotzea Yachad Libam Hamevinel Kolma Sehem. On Rosh Hashana, all the people of the world pass before him Kivne Maron. We don't know what Kivne Maron means. And now we're going to, the Mishnah will bring a verse from Psalms. He who fashions their hearts together, who understands all their deeds. So this does seem to be about personal judgment in some way. And the Gemara relates Kivnei Maron to the, a bit like a flock of sheep passing under the eye of a shepherd. The academics actually say kinumeron. This is um, a um, this is an a, this is a reference to a Greek word which refers to a soldier. So this is a bit like someone like a, 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 
a monarch lining up all his soldiers and inspecting them in serried ranks. And you know, one interpretation suggests that we're judged like um, individuals, like members of, a, of an army, of a massed group. Another interpretation suggests that we're judged like individuals. And we can, maybe there's, there's something of each of that in the ceremony of Rosh Hashanah. And then the Mishnah continues, On Sukkot, one is judged for rain. And of course, we've seen pouring the water on the altar on Sukkot because the world's judged for rain on Sukkot just as much as we bring the grain offering on Pesach. That is the structure. Those are the four times when the world is judged. And that allows us to look at the structure of the Masechet, the whole of the Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah. The first chapter looks at the patterns, the four per year, and we're going to get on to announcing the new moon. The second chapter carries on to discuss the new moon and particularly the precedence, the importance of the Bet Din. The third chapter then deals with blowing the shofar. We read in the Psukim that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Teruah, is a blowing day. And the fourth chapter begins to track, carries on with the shofar, but begins to tra transition, if you like, from the temple to the synagogue. So that's the structure of the Masechet. And it begins, as we said, by announcing the new moon. The Mishnah continues. So messengers would go out from Jerusalem announcing the new moon. And you know, this is very interesting. We're not dealing with Rosh Hashanah now. We're dealing with the new moon. The first two chapters of the tractate are going to deal with the new moon, not the new year. We're dealing with the new moon. There are six different months when the messengers go out to announce when the new moon was. Why so? Well, we're going to learn when we learn about the Bet Din. The new month only begins when the Bet Din announces that the new moon has been seen. So we need an announcement and the people need to know about the announcement. So why do the messengers go out? Well, they go out on Nisan because of Pesach. People need to know where Pesach is. On Av because of the fast. They need to know when the ninth of Av is. Again, we've got the expression Rosh Hashanah now in the Mishnah. They go out in Elul because of Rosh Hashanah, because at the beginning of Elul, we're already counting down to Rosh Hashanah. We need to know when Rosh Hashanah is going to be. On Tishrei, because of all the festivals that happen in Tishrei, we need to know when Sukkot is and Shemini Atzeret. The messengers go out on Kislev because of Chanukah. And on Adar because of Purim. And when the temple used to stand, Yotzin Af Al Yar Mipne Pesach Katan. And when the temple stood, they used to also go out to report Iyar because of Pesach Katan. In other words, Pesach Sheni. People needed to know when the second Pesach was if they missed the first one. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.